0: Hey everyone, welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany Blackman and oh my gosh, I love that song. I love that jingle. I chose that jingle two years ago and I love it. It makes me so happy. What makes you happy? Having guests in my studio makes me so incredibly happy. And you know what? This is, I think, uh, number 85, I'm guessing here. Tiffany Hendra from Dallas is here to see me. So welcome, welcome mm. to my show, Fabulous Woman. Thank you for having me. Can your viewers handle two Tiffany's, Tiffany's at one time? Because <laughs> we both have a lot of energy. I'm like, I mean I love this. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I am going to go back, which I just met Tiffany online a month or so ago, two months ago, probably. Mm. I saw you from afar on many platforms, many platforms throughout the years. And I admired you. And we have so many similarities and y'all are going to hear it. Those of you that listen to me will go, yep, there it is. There it is for sure. But Tiffany Hendra, you were in Dallas and what a resume you have. I mean, I'm so impressed with where you have come. And I'm going to draw my first parallel. Well, no, no, our, our names are our first parallel. Yeah. First of all, tell us, tell everyone what Tiffany means. Oh, are y'all ready? Are you ready for Let this? Let us sink in.
1: Appearance of God. Yeah. There it is. And I claim that, and I know before it was like, oh, d- am I worthy of that? Yeah. But the the meanings of names are so important to me. Mm-hmm. And so as I got older and learned, and I was, I said, I'm going to own that. Yeah, everywhere I go, I want people to feel God, even if I'm not talking about it. They feel the light, they feel love. And the fact that our name represents that, I can tell that about you already. You walk
0: that and you exude that. So yes, appearance of God, y'all. There it is. (laughs) Now, my mom, rest in peace, Faye Tacker, but my mom named me after a bottle of Tiffany shampoo. There it is. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! You would think it would be the jewelry store, right? Yeah. Thanks, mom. No, no, it was after a bottle of Shampoo because she was actually she was doing hair at the time, so that resonated it. with mm-hmm. her. And that, and so I always think about that. But the true meeting, which I did look up not too long ago, and when you said, I went, you've got to say it on, you've yeah. got to say it on air. Yeah. So, let me give you another correlation. You and I are small town girls.
1: Yes, I was oh, just be- talking about that earlier. I when my resume says from the trailer park to Beverly Hills and now back to Texas. First house was a trailer.
0: Was it really in yeah. Houston area? Houston, Where? outside of Houston, I
1: ten east, which is <laughs> not Yee. not the good part of Houston. But <sighs> I I love the humble beginnings and I love the small, just the roots knowing where I came mm-hmm. from and the salt of the earth people and yeah. So where, where did you grow up? where did you go to high school though? I went to North shore.
0: Oh my. Go Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How many did you have in your graduating? You know place? what? We
1: actually had a big school. It was okay, a four A.
0: Oh, dear. Which, yeah, 4A schools. We we moved from B to A, 1A. I graduated with 14 people. I was in the top 10, girl. I was in the top 10. There you go. Top 10%, actually. But Wortham, it was halfway between... Dallas and Houston. Oh, And I had family, Kima area in Houston, and then family in Dallas. So small town girl. Mm -hmm. And I, um, we are real Texas girls. Real. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. And, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I, all of you Worthamites, I love you. My family still lives and resides. My sister is a, thriving physician. My brother has a construction company. My dad is still there, but I couldn't wait to get out. Oh, girl.
1: I couldn't wait. Hella fast. Right? Hella fast. I mean, what is... Yes. Did your parents support you on that? Yes, because I was always very independent. My mom said, you know, we were big babies. Both my sister and I were almost 10 pounds. My mom's six feet tall. <laughs> oh my so my dad's Asian and five, seven. And so we, I started walking at seven months. Didn't oh. want to be held, wanted to go and blow and very independent. In fact, when my husband asked my hand of marriage, my dad said, well... She likes to do things her own. He's a Japanese redneck. He likes to do things. She likes to do things her own way. Oh, meaning, no. you know, just always very independent. So they knew that I was a free spirit. They knew that I, I wanted to see the world. Mm-hmm. So I got an art scholarship to college and that was, I wanted to live in New York and be a graphic artist. I'd already started modeling in Houston and got the opportunity to travel. And I was like, I am out of here, people. Give me my passport. I got to see the world. And that was my university.
0: Okay, Yeah. did you do what I did, mall auditions? Yes,
1: that's where I, I Neil Hamill.
0: <laughs> I was discovered in San Jacinto Mall on I-10 East, y'all. Seriously. <laughs> well, they discovered me, and they just let me go. I was Miss Freestone <laughs> County, and they said, No, <laughs> you're fine, you're fine. Your boobs so aren't bad. large enough, so let's just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You know, that, that, you got you to buy them. <laughs> I had to buy them. You know, and I did like, <laughs> oh, I tried out for Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader. Literally, she said, Your boobs aren't big enough. But I can buy I think I can, but yeah. anyway, the mall auditions to all of my listeners that are 18 ish, that group, you millennials, your disease mall auditions was a thing. It was a thing.
1: I, I see, I have photos of my mall fashion shows, but Neil Hamill agency in Houston, there's Paige Parks and Neil Hamill and Neil was in Bay. He was from Baytown. Oh my. And. Found me in the mall. He did. Isn't that amazing?
0: The but there was that was that was that I was mean, it. Yeah, it makes a great story, doesn't it? <laughs> and you <laughs> and you went on to New York. No, I b- traveled the world.
1: Actually, I lived in Milan for a little while. I've you been uh, all over the world. I literally. I remember my grandpa gave me um, National Geographic magazines, mm-hmm. and then I switched to Elle and Vogue and Marie Claire in middle school. And I just had this, like I saw the world and my, my Japanese grandmother, my dad was born in Japan. So I just had this vision of seeing the world and that was going to be my ticket.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: just needed a way out to get out. out. And mm-hmm. I think 18, I got my first little apartment and then I started traveling. And so I booked an audition in Milan For a gelato company and faked an Italian accent. You're kidding. And knew that when I got back, I had to start planning my trek west. Right. And went to L.A. Went to L.A. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So
1: I was there for like 17, 16, 17 years. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you miss it? Well, for my 50th birthday last month, that's where I wanted to go. We were going to, my husband, I was like, for my 50th, we've got to do this exotic vacation. I woke up one morning and I said, you know what, after everything that's happened, I really, would you want to go to L.A.? And my husband loves L.A. So, yeah, I it was interesting because it's still in the back of our mind if we would move back there. Really? But this trip gave us closure. Really? We're like, God really needs us planted in Dallas. So Dallas. we've kind of always had one foot out of Dallas thinking... It's too landlocked. We're water people. I love the palm trees Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. But um, we're meant to be here
0: right now. Are you really? Mm -hmm. Because your husband, he's a musician.
1: He's a musician and he's Australian. And he grew up by literally five minutes from the Great Ocean Road. The most gorgeous countryside, right by like the 12 apostles, Mm-mm. Great Ocean Road. So he loves LA because he's used to being by the water. Sure, uh, And yeah, and being a musician in Dallas is, you know, he feels like a fish out of water, but mm. he knows he's, he is a thriving, since the show, it's interesting. You wouldn't think someone could make a good living being a musician in Dallas, but he's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. Oh my goodness. That's he's so up to... I think right at a thousand shows. Gosh. Yeah. That is, I mean, of course, 2020, you have to
0: take that away, but then there's that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is fantastic. So we're meant to be here. Otherwise that would not, that would not be. That wouldn't gel. I know. I know. No. So you went to LA and you know, um, when I graduated high school, I went straight to college, you know, going to college. I went to, um, I'm a TCU grad, mm-hmm. but I took a turn and followed at the, that point in my life. I was a follower. So I followed my friend to Stephen F. Austin and I got, um, I don't know if it was just ignorance or greed, or if I wanted out of my small town world so much, I married a man for what I thought was money, mm-hmm. and um, he ended up. I, I, I you all heard this. He he murdered someone. He murdered my dad's best friend, and so um, yes, so I went through that at a very very young age, and where it threw me in. Into this, I I didn't want to talk to my family. It was abusive. It was, is all these these things that I didn't grow up with in a small town. Right. This is not what I was supposed to do, and so I grew up very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, with a mm-hmm. murder trial mm-hmm. and all these different. Things. I was I was about to ask that was it very public and the trial. Oh and- my stars! It was very very public, and um, you know it was it was a difficult time in my life. I would tell everyone today. Am I glad I went through that? No. But what I learned through that, right, which I take you to Hollywood Mm -hmm. and you, you hit rock bottom Mm -hmm. because you were going through so much, right? Mm -hmm. 2002, right? Yes. Very poignant year for me. You do hit rock bottom and I know mine, what it was. Can you explain, because there's people listening to us that's hit rock bottom or about to. Mm -hmm. So tell us. What was the catalyst? What was... And I mean, again, we have so many correlations, Mm -hmm. but... Oh, rock bottom is so beautiful. And
1: I know that sounds counterintuitive, but in the world of transformation, being a transformational teacher, being a champion for women and men, you know, um, but my world is... My calling is to help women. Mm -hmm. It is the most beautiful place to be because what quickly I had a horrible relationship with my dad. So not feeling seen, not feeling heard, being a pretty girl and very creative and empathetic and in my own little world and different and not understanding that now it's on the scroll. Everybody's talking about being an empath and we have, you know, all these Enneagram and all these personality tests, but back then you just seemed different. Mm -hmm. So then you pile on top of, you know, hard relationship with a father And then at 16, I was sexually assaulted by the cute football player of the high school. And he told the whole school that, you know, bragging. Mm -hmm. And so I had my first panic attack. I had my mom check me out of the school. And that sent me on a trajectory. I was here. I was upper level classes, uh, started the band at our church youth group. And I was a leader and immediately turned to alcohol. Then in my 20s led to drugs. Mm hmm. Cause I kept that secret from 16 to 31. So we all have trauma. There's all different levels of trauma. There's not one person on the planet that doesn't have some sort of trauma. So when you bury trauma, you know, all of this masking, I wore masks. I could be anything. Plus I was an actress and a model. So my profession was that, but I became a professional people pleaser. Every decision I made was based in shame I blamed myself for getting in that car with that boy, um, burying the secret. Everything that drove me to get out of the small town was money, fame, all of all of the external things that that we think is going to bring us joy mm-hmm. and happiness and fulfillment. So, what happens when you do have a calling on your life? I mean, I'm so grateful for it now because all of these things that I have I've, I I've gone through and grown grown through. I'm able to help women with, and I've felt it, and I I can relate to them. I can meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. But it ended up on a bathroom floor because the drugs, the alcohol. I, I was a I was an aholic. You could put alcoholic on the end of anything. I was a boy a bad boy alcoholic. Fitness. I overworked out. Mm-hmm. I starved myself. Yep. I shopped too much. I was terrible with money. Mm-hmm. Uh, hung out with toxic people. I was just saying earlier, uh, Paris Hilton has a documentary out and I was probably doing blow with her in a bathroom in LA. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like where I've been in bathrooms, Mm -hmm. I should be dead and I'm not. Right. And you're not. The people that I should be dead in a ditch. Right. So in 2001, someone gave me the artist's way and it was like this angel friend and Julia Cameron, the author talks about morning pages. So it's starting to have these little spirit cracks. I'd been on a a modeling job and was doing sunrise yoga in the Seychelles islands. And I remember just bawling and didn't know why. Mm. And my spirit was starting to crack and I was starting to seek even just reconnecting, not even my higher power, but like just myself. I was so disconnected from myself and my spirit. I didn't know who I was. So I started journaling. She, Joya Cameron calls them the brain dump morning pages. So it's spiral notebook and just, Spill. Oh, my gosh. So cathartic. But I was still abusing drugs. I was still living the same lifestyle and was abusing pain pills, which Mm -hmm. are very addictive. Vicodin. Vicodin. Prescribed after a Mm -hmm. surgery. Prescribed after I had gotten um, a little bit of like I had actually a ton of moles removed, Mm -hmm. which is so weird. It wasn't even they put me under twilight, but I had so many because I was doing so much television. I wanted all these moles off. They gave me one of those big fat bottles because that was then that was. And they quickly learned, Ooh, have a couple glasses of wine with my Vicodin. Mm -hmm. That was, Mm -hmm. you know, and my body said no more. And I literally thought I was dying and ODing on this bathroom floor. And it was the first time I cried out and said, please don't let me die. And, and I remember the weeks after that, just thinking, okay, I didn't die. What now? What now? And so you're starting to seek and, and I'm, I know spiritually, you know, whatever anyone believes your higher power source for me, it's God leading me. Mm -hmm. And I was led to the right people watching the right ministers or reading the right books. And it just started. And I was voracious, like all the books, what, who am I? Mm -hmm. So if I didn't die, it is up to me to get my butt off this floor. Mm And find out right. why am I here? Because I should be dead. So obviously I'm here to do something. So that's why I say rock bottom moments. Whether it's a bankruptcy, a divorce, oh, yeah, a health scare. I just had uh, melanoma. The first yes. week of after 2020 and all that that brought, <laughs> and still during that, at this place of such gratitude because I was forced. Finally, I had had some adrenal stress kind of things and oh, didn't now. know I was going through menopause and like Ugh. early menopause. And then <laughs> learning that I had been in high inflammation which that's where cancer breeds and so really had to focus and so grateful for that. So grateful for that rock bottom moment. Oh yeah. You absolutely. know what like what you went through mm-hmm. it's no, do we want to go through that hell now? No. no. Uh, but thank go. God on the other it. side. Mm-hmm. So if you're about to, or you feel like you're falling in that whatever rock bottom moment, it's when you surrender and you know that you are going to be taken care of. And on this other side, the strength that you gain and the clarity, first of all, the BS you're not going to put up with. No. I mean, that's the one thing that I, with age too, maturity. Mm. But also after you go through the hard things, it's like, you know what, all this minutiae crap low vibe piddly stuff mm. that used to I allowed oh. my attention yes I'm unavailable for now I know Isn't and it- I can set healthy boundaries and I can tell teach my clients how to set because as a reformed people pleaser boundaries I was like huh what's a boundary mm-hmm. so yeah all these beautiful gifts come with when
0: you survive your rock bottom moment and I agree a hundred percent and and the when I did, I didn't, I didn't quite hit rock bottom at that time. I just, it was survival and then, you know, having a surgery and I thank goodness for Brett Favre because I was like, I'm taking Vicodin how many times a day? Mm-hmm. And I've never said that on this podcast, sorry y'all, but um, don't apologize. Yeah, I mean it don't is apologize. what it is. Mm-hmm. But I finally went no more. Mm-hmm. I mean no more. You can't have the wine and the Vicodin and teach aerobic classes mm-hmm. and three or four to five a day, and and it was an addiction, and so it, it was a and it was a, an awakening. It's an a, yes, an awakening, and and I invite people to
1: interchange that because you know, in certain circles or a podcast or interview, yes, you need to hear that it was a rock bottom, but everybody's rock bottom looks different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You don't, I tell people, I'm like, you don't have to end up like me with your face sweaty on a bathroom mm-hmm. floor. Every, yeah. You can look totally normal, right. but be going through, you know, divorce and betrayal and, you know, all, all the different things. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's rock
0: bottom looks different. So you picked yourself up mm-hmm. and you did what? You just, mm-hmm. that's when you, you were awakened mm-hmm. and you changed your life. Did you, you were still in television, you were still modeling?
1: I was, I was still in television and I remember it's interesting, right before that I chopped off all my hair and I posted a photo recently I found in this journal and picked up this old, this, uh, Polaroid. Popped out from two thousand one, and I had I was about to start intense acting class. I started studying with Halle Berry's coach that coached her for Monsters Ball and got her the Oscar. And so I wanted to be taken seriously and not have my long model hair. Right. I chopped off all my hair myself, super short. Yourself? Myself. (laughs) My goodness. No, I woke up and I was like, I. And then I went back to my hairstylist and they cleaned it up. But (laughs) I, I knew I felt something. something, and you know these different things like. The artist way and then the modeling job in the Seychelles. And there were different. I mean, my path was very spiritual woo-woo. Like I was hanging out with the yogis in LA. I stood in line for four hours to get a hug from the paint saint patron saint of hugs, Saint Alma, this beautiful, heavy set Indian goddess woman four hours to get a hug from her and a blessing. Wow. So that was my journey back. Sure. And then that rock bottom moment I knew when I got up, I was like, okay, I need to, to even being raised in the church, the Christian church, I would, wasn't taught to have a relationship with God, right. you know, or your higher power. It just mm-hmm. it wasn't talked about. So I got up off that bathroom floor and at first I had to ask myself, and this is what I asked my clients. I, I found a note, a journal recently. What do you want? Mm-hmm. What do you want? And when I moved to Dallas, realizing that this was going to be my mission field, which was crazy because Dallas is so affluent, but women here are hurting. And I'm like, do you even know what you want behind your husband's last name or the kids private school, or you're keeping up with the Jones Mm -hmm. and the everybody down the street,
0: the millionaires? Yeah. And there's
1: nothing wrong with that. Like, Hey, but do you know what you want? Right. Do you live in your truth?
0: And how many people do that?
1: I mean, seriously. And that's why there's a lot of unhappy people. Oh, gosh. So I'm all about finding your truth. And it's a been, it's been a very long journey. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And the daily practice of what I tell my clients as well is the VIP meeting that I never miss every morning is with God and myself mm-hmm. and sitting with myself. And I have a beautiful Meditation and visualization of prayer practice every day. And I've been able to get off of that because after you get off the drugs and the numbing and all of that, you know, you're like, well, I need something. I'm going crazy. So I did the whole battery of antidepressants and then diagnosed with ADD. And I tried adult Ritalin and Clonopin for anti anxiety. And then you've got to have the Adderall to go to sleep. So I've been down that route too. And I've been able to live completely now alcohol free. Mm -hmm. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. (laughs) Completely alcohol free. I, in 2018, actually, when I was legit, like, I've got to start this coaching business. People want to hire me and pay me. I need to figure out what I'm doing. And it's not just a side hustle anymore. Cause I was so like
0: my TV show,
1: my TV show. Yes. Now I'm like, I can do both. And so I remember in my spirit, it was like, okay, I was still numbing and coming off of the stress of the show and, and maybe it was the Holy Spirit. It was like on the other side of this, this, you got to lay this down Mm -hmm. because you need to be clear how dare a woman pay me great money Correct, and I'm showing up even just a few glasses of wine every night. I'll wake up foggy. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a full-on hangover, but when I hear from God, I need to be so clear-headed. Mm-hmm. I need to be clear in my spirit. Present. Very present. So I went eight months in 2018 without alcohol, and I don't use the word sober because I think that makes people go the AA direction. I agree. But it's just, it's a lifestyle choice. Sure. It's spiritually a choice as well, but alcohol, I like alcohol, but it doesn't like me. Really? Yeah. And that you know I mean? that's a thing. It doesn't like, especially as I get older, my body does not, the the chemical balance doesn't work for me. I I got, I got a lot of stuff to do. I ain't got time to be (laughs) waking up foggy and a little,
0: it just makes you, it's a depressant. So let's, let's, we have so much to talk about, but let's talk about, we are both in our fifties. I'm 56. You just had your birthday. You're 50. You look fabulous. Thank I mean, you. fabulous. Oh my goodness. Thank goodness! You. I was so Botox excited. Botox in our generation has been awesome. Yes. I'm, <laughs> I do do the bio hormones. hormones, but me too. I'm still shooting my face up. Yeah. So. Me too. Jeez. Me too. So, um, we, I'm postmenopause. and, and when, when my doctor told me that I just almost lost it, I thought they're putting me out to the pasture. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really did. And I want to talk about how businesses are formed, but I really thought, no, don't say post, but actually, it's a pleasure that I am post. But yeah. still, you are in menopause; you're you're there, right? Well, it's interesting. Uh, my girlfriends and I were texting
1: a few days ago, talking about period chocolate. Uh huh. My girlfriend was like, and we're all in our forties. I think there's only a few on this text chain that are in their thirties. And I was like, she said something about, oh my gosh, my period chocolate or whatever, or my cycle or something. I'm like, what's a cycle? (laughs) And so we were talking about it. And I said, I think next month, October is going to be my full year. And then I thought, no, it was like, August is my birthday. And I was like, no, I think this month is my final. So next month I'll be able to say post. You will because isn't it if you
0: go a full year without a period okay you want me to tell you and i love not having a period i know just toast let me that. tell you I, yeah. I mean my daughter is 22 and she's like, like she's just getting them every every time she turns around but i went a year i had a surgery i had a back surgery and lord if it didn't give me a period so it was oh. 13 months. So here we go. We put, and we went back and my husband and I were married, just married. And, and I mean, I was just like, are you flipping kidding me? So went back. So I was still in menopause, blah, blah, blah. And then my doctor just announced, I mean, I'm pretty much because, you know, you have that Blake breakthrough, bleeding, you hormone yeah, patch. Yeah. Cause I do the hormone estrogen patch, the progesterone, you and I do the caplets mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the testosterone cream. I was doing the pellets, but. It didn't work for me. Yeah. But, but you know, I'm it,
1: getting my next round
0: on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> my husband's like, Yay, yay, <laughs> yay, yay, yay. I know. And your is your husband, is he having I mean, he's a couple years younger than you.
1: But. He's like a, a couple years younger, but it's interesting. Our holistic doctor that helped me um actually helped me through the stress and the adrenal fatigue. And he's been in our life um since I was about 38. I think I did my first kind of bioterrain test with him mm-hmm. where he checks all the things that normal doctors don't check, like your hydration and your mitochondria and how mm-hmm. your cells are and everything. And, oh my goodness, like back then, so my husband was 36 at the time, was talking about manopause, the andropause mm-hmm. that men go through. Yeah. And, of course, men don't want to hear that. No. You know, but there's certain signs and they go through it too. Mm-hmm. And so I know men are having so much success with testosterone pellets and different things like that and getting their quality of life back. And, yes. you know, it's, yeah, it's, I, I feel, I feel so good. I've been like a mouthpiece for it because mm-hmm. women don't understand even in their early forties, they're going through with all this craziness in the world and our foods and, oh, wow. you know what I mean? All of the environmental Process, effects, and, you know, and uh, infertility, it's affecting our bodies. And, so they don't realize, they're like, I have all these symptoms. Could I be, I said, you're probably perimenopausal. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? And I said, I, and they, I just found out I was having hot flashes at 46, 47 mm-hmm. and thought it was just adrenal fatigue. Didn't know because I was like, I'm way too young sure. oh, and no one was talking about it. Mm-mm. So yeah, yeah. I, I talk about it because I want women. To, yes. Pasture, what pasture? I got stuff to do.
0: Oh, I've got some. I'm still
1: in, you know, like I've got my Jeep give me a sports car. I need to go. And I've got a calling to fulfill and women to help and still want to rock my
0: fashion and mm-hmm. and, and feel you sexy. You know what oh, I mean? I know. Feel sexy, so, you know, in my forties. So I think I started taking progesterone at 45 and even I was going, really? Should I really be doing this? But yes, but I was reading, um, this is my Bible. Yes. I mean, listen, literally, and Suzanne, thank God for her. Suzanne Summers. I'm just saying, girl, I love yeah. you. This is like my fifth. I'm too young for this and I'm not, it, she's not paying me. She has nothing to do with this. But if I've read this cover to cover and it just was an aha. Uh-huh. In every phase of menopause, perimenopause, postmenopause, okay. it resonates with me. And I do want to have sex and want sex and I do want to feel good, but it's just a journey. It's a journey. It, it's, it is such a
1: journey. And I think the first thing is women need to love themselves and give themselves grace Amen. it because oh, when you're a doer and you do, I remember being on my back and I literally could not get out of bed. And I'm like, and actually what did it for me was at 45 and I had, I had come off all this stress and I was abusing alcohol, but I remember going on this beautiful power walk and I love to listen to podcasts or motivational speakers. And I had listened to, I love TD Jake's. I was listening to T.D. Jakes and felt lifted. And walking is my jam. It's my therapy. It's my moving meditation. Mm-hmm. I get in my Jeep. I'm at the red light. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> my life sucks. Uh-oh. What am I doing? And I got so weepy. And I'm like, what? And I had an out-of-body. So I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, what the hell? You just had this beautiful walk. Yes. And so I got my blood work done. And sure enough, I was negative three Mm-mm. testosterone. mm And I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's go. I'm tired of feeling like a Mack truck hit me, you know, and, and I battled depression all through that mask wearing and hiding, Mm. you know, until my rock Mm. bottom moment, I had severe depression.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So yeah, the thing that frustrates me and why I'm a mouthpiece for it, especially moving here, restarting our life in my early forties, not knowing why God brought us here and, I mean, usually people move and they have a job lined up. I mean, we literally came leap of faith. Wow. And at the same time, I'm starting to have hormonal issues and all this type. I'm a mouthpiece for it because women will go to their doctor and just be put on antidepressants. Absolutely. And that pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When all she needs is to get her blood panel mm-hmm. done properly and get on and something. do all the right things Thyroid, with her. Something. Yes. And- you know, the right exercise or yoga or walking and the right foods and hydrate, like, and they're just popping up, giving them a pill and a bandaid and they're, which will continue, they'll continue gaining weight and even be more depressed. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm an advocate for this.
0: Huge advocate. You and I, um, I, um, still, because I have a therapist I still have my therapist that I'm eating disorder. I mm-hmm. I still own it. There's when there's um, I wish I could say that something is in front of me that I don't think twice about it. Mm-hmm. I was highly bulimic during the 80s and night while well, mm-hmm. college and, and anorexic. And mm-hmm. and me too. I mean, just and, you know, I have talked about it and talked about it. And the number of people that have messaged me and they. Thank you, because you look perfect on Instagram. Well, of course we do, and that's silly because, I, and I'm trying to 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 take that off ski a little bit. Mm. But one thing that's helped me, one huge thing, other than being 40, 50, now almost getting close to 60, but um, is honestly owning my body and loving myself, mm. and making sure I'm eating the right foods, staying, keeping my hormones balanced. And just having that conversation with myself every day. yes, and it's it is
1: going back to the the loving yourself madly in love with yourself and giving yourself grace. and and I so parallel because of the industry I was in and then d- the depression. and when you can't control what's going on around you or how people you can't control people, what, that's where eating disorders come from. It's not even about the food. Mm-mm. It's about that's something I can control. control and it's mine. Yay! And yeah, it control. was control and it's mine. Mm-hmm. 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 And I remember when I started it, it was, you know, I had a friend that literally would say, okay, well, let, we were workout freaks together and would go to step class together. And this was in the <laughs> 80s. And yes. And then I remember one time she said, well, my parents get, you know, these Shipley donuts on Saturday mornings. And, and I was over there, I think we had gone to aerobics and She said, well, I just put them in the sink and pour water on them. But, you know, sometimes I'll eat them and then I'll just throw them up. Um, And I'm like, what? mm -hmm. You know, and I thought I was probably 12 or 13. And I'm like, oh, and -hmm. boy, did I take that on and hit it and went to town with it. And Mm -hmm. then before a photo shoot, I would starve for four days Mm -hmm. and then like binge my butt off. Mm -hmm. And. And it was interesting. I had a lot of healing through it. And I don't even know that I've talked about this publicly yet. But during Real Housewives, I got triggered again. Did you? And slipped back into that for a few months because I was so out of my mind and drunk half the time Ugh. and felt like I was out of control. And I can remember, I I did tell one friend, but I haven't said it publicly. But I remember going through Taco Bell, going through Jack in the Box, like this little mm-hmm. corner of fast food places and my husband was at home and I went home and and went through that whole cycle. Whole cycle. And I can remember, I'm like, I cannot believe I got triggered this hard. Yeah, it's a trigger. I haven't done this in years, it's you an know? Animal. So, and I'm glad that I went through that because again, I, <sighs> things, we Ugly. all get triggered by something and it's like, what do we do? Oh, I know it. They're treasures. Okay. Well, I, ha- I still have an unhealed part of myself. Thank you, Trigger. I need to take a look at this mm-hmm.
0: and do some more work on this.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Yeah. Okay, so take us back to I, was it 2016? If you didn't mind talking about Real Housewives, oh uh, yeah, of uh, Dallas. Mm-hmm. So Real Housewives of Dallas, and um, I think that's where I first met you mm-hmm. I went I met you on television mm-hmm. because I i watched that is my guilty pleasure yeah. and I watched all these 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 fantasies and these fights and these crazy things but you were on the first season mm-hmm. of the Real Housewives of Dallas mm-hmm. how did that happen Oh my goodness! Tell us about that because it was one season. Yeah, it was so crazy because here we had moved
1: to Dallas on the Sleep of Faith, and some people thought we moved to Dallas for the show, and I was like, "No, we were leaving our careers behind because God." I mean, and then after what just happened, thank God we're in Texas. Like, oh, proud! My husband is a proud Texan, Texan Aussie now, (laughs) but it. We started so my girlfriend and i had always wanted to take sanctuary of style and and graduated into a a tv show and that's my youtube channel so i guess it was about 6 months and my girlfriend sent me an email she said this email is flying around dallas it sounds perfect for us we should audition and it would be great for your brand and for Sanctuary of Style. And I read the email and I was like, oh my gosh, sure. Philanthropic women who love girl time, who are fashionable, blah, blah, blah. It sounded super empowering. It's like, absolutely. Jump to screen test, background check. You're mm-hmm. Skyping with the heads of Bravo and. It's like okay, I'm not stupid. It was Bravo. I used to live around the corner from Lisa Vanderpump. Mm-hmm. I went to serve for dinner all the time. I was I had done a show with Kelsey and Camille Grammer. I was friends. of I knew one of the OC gals. So, but we weren't called Housewives.
0: You weren't. No,
1: no. So if it was a Housewife show, I don't. I wouldn't have auditioned because I, I know the way those shows go. And here I was in LA with a spiritual woman's group. And I had, you know, started helping women, not really coaching professionally, but I was on this empowerment path. No, I would not have done. So even that, that was God because, uh, it was a working title, how to make it in Dallas and mm -hmm, how to make, and it was just a working title. And in the middle of it, they, but that's why it was so philanthropic and charity-based the first mm-hmm. season. because it was. Mm-hmm, We were going to be the first ladies of, if you ever saw Ladies of London. Yes. We were going to be Ladies of Dallas. Okay. And that's that but was still, the storyline. Yeah. And still that wasn't even kind of alluded to until we were halfway through filming. Then we wrapped and about a month or two after we wrapped, I'll never forget because that was a, my first Texas Rangers game. And the producers called and said, okay, you guys are... Named, they're making y'all Real housewives of Dallas, yeah. and I remember like everything slowed down. Was, he's like, you can't tell your friends. I'm like, they're right here, and there were two of my friends that were also from LA that had moved here. We all moved at the, around the same time. I'm thinking, I gotta tell my girlfriends what, and I told my husband, and I remember going out. I was in one of those boxes, and I was just like, what the, yeah, it just like dazed. And I knew I was like, life is about to change, and this is going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: what did I sign up for?
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. you were into contract, right? Mm-hmm. But how did they do that and change the name? I mean, no, because it was
1: that's what a working. Five, ti-
0: <laughs> because <laughs> that's a working what a working. And so
1: now it's interesting because I know all about it. They had been wanting to do a Texas for the franchise, either in Houston or Dallas, for a long time, and. Now I know that in fact, they even shot a group of girls in Oklahoma City, I think, two, three years ago. And so they film it and they have they 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 can't name it right away because it may not they right. may not show up and it may not resonate. Mm-hmm. And the women may not be the right chemistry in the group. Right. So they film it. And that's how they do all of them now you wow. know cuz that's why there's not very many new franchises we were the first new franchise i think in 7 years wow. like the first new city and then Potomac came out the same time we did oh my god yeah so we knew i was like woohoo life's about to change and, and it did right and it did but i always say it was the hardest thing of my career but it was the best thing mm-hmm. platform right platform and i was strategic as far as Even before I knew it was Housewives, I knew that being on a reality show, my sister had been on Survivor, Mm -hmm. almost one Survivor, uh, just being in Hollywood and how powerful the reality shows. And I did. I was actually kind of obsessed with Bethany Frankel Yeah. from the very beginning, watching her with her first little janky logo for Skinny Skinny Girl, girl. you know what I mean? (laughs) And just how she branded that and how strategic she was. She was. And I kid you not, I just remembered this. I haven't talked about this in a while. I'm a big vision board and uh, affirmations, declaration, really seeing uh, what I want for my life. Once I hit that 2001, I was like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And the power in that manifestation. And in 2013, that's why it's like, be careful what you wish for. 2013, my goals, and I have it printed, get on TV exposure, like Bethany Frankel, and I kid you not, we moved <laughs> the very next year and was cast within six or seven months. Wow! Yeah. So that's the power of thought, and even from the beginning of my of Sanctuary of Style, knowing that I remember my friends were like this YouTube thing, and da 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 da, and I was a TV host, and I thought, oh, I can start talking about the things that women ask me all the time from beauty, fashion. And I knew that I could grow it as I grew spiritually, get them, get their attention with the flashy things, with the bling, with the sparkle, mm-hmm. and then start talking about the deeper things. But how do you get their attention first? And I wanted to grow that into a TV show, mm-hmm. not knowing that that was going to be
0: something like Real Housewives, right? but God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> in mysterious ways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and I'll tell you, it could hit you on the top, of the head, and certainly hit you on the head. Yeah. So... It's true that they've, they've, this, they the seasons are over. They're yes. done. Right. Do you know? So what? interesting. I, mean, yeah. I think the, the ratings were extremely low.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think with, uh, all of the, cause I, after that was over, I didn't, I wanted to be able to delete Bravo off my TV. Right. I did not yeah. for like a, a few years. And then when my girlfriend got married, I remember I apologized to the whole network cause I was pretty vocal in what I thought about them and got in a fight publicly with Andy Cohen and own no, and I thought if my if my girlfriend Leanne was getting married if she invites me to be any part of her wedding I've known her since I was 16 I am going to be, be y'all, y'all don't have to film me but I need to be there and be present for my girlfriend she's finally getting married sure. at 52 and you know so I apologize to everybody and they were all cool uh but before that I, I guess there was one or two seasons after I was off and I couldn't watch it I couldn't yeah. watch it, you know, um, I didn't want to be part of it, Mm-mm. but I was rooting for it. I wanted, right. I want, I didn't want our city to fail. So, you know, I of course watched it during the wedding and I wanted to participate and be there for her. And then I think when Tiffany moon was cast, I thought again, how funny she's a Leo. Her name is Tiffany mm-hmm. and she's Asian. Mm <laughs> hmm. We had so many similarities. Right. And so I watched a few of the first episodes just to support her and, mm-hmm. and see what she was all about. And I love the dynamic, you know, and um,
0: I do love her.
1: Yeah. I just, I mean, just she's so far. funny. I finally got to meet her in person. We did an event together and she was so gracious to help with this charity event that I was seeing. So, uh, yeah, to hear literally, I think the week after I, I met her. And she had told me. She said, "You know what? We haven't heard anything about contracts. We don't even know who's coming uh, back or yeah. what." The, she was like, "Would you come back?" And all this kind of stuff. And literally, the next week, it was you yeah. know. But I think the ratings were low, and I think all of this racial, oh, rhetoric yes. and issues going <gasps> yes, on with yes. across it's the board it. with Bravo, with yes. other a lot of other cast members from different shows have gotten fired. Sure. I don't know if it was just a combination of that, and the ratings were just too low.
0: Right. And it happens. Which sucks. I know it. I know I, it. I really, really was rooting for them. I know. I, I, and I do, too, for, yeah. for everyone, for sure. Tell me, tell me about Sanctuary of Style. Ah, Sanctuary of Style. Look, her eyes just, she just lit it's up my like baby. a Christmas tree. It's, it's my baby. It is your baby. It's tell us m- m- about this.
1: Well, it was my baby, and now it's grown. And now I do have a TV show that we're um, pitching and Uh, We have filmed quite a few episodes of So Thrive with Tiffany Hendra. Yes. But Sanctuary of Style was for anyone thinking about starting a YouTube channel or a podcast or anything like that. Don't wait for everything to be perfect. And I know now everyone, you know, you can, you know, get in a great studio and have someone produce it for you. And it's so accessible. But back then, I loved that I literally my very first video I filmed before hauls were even a thing. Yeah. I filmed on my BlackBerry. I loved this one Goodwill at Hollywood and Vine because I could get designer clothes with, and I had a DVF wrap dress oh with the God. tags on it. So i Van Vostenburg, of course. Yes. And I <laughs> videoed myself and I laid out the price with the tags, $1,300 worth of clothes for 35 bucks. Mm-hmm. That was my very first Sanctuary of Style video. <gasps> on a BlackBerry with no lighting, no script, not even the name of my YouTube. And that was divinely like SOS to the rescue, even like the anagram and what it stood for and sanctuary being spiritual, you know, it sounds spiritual because people would come to my my girlfriends would come to my closet and I would help them get ready for a date and we'd have wine and it's like, oh my gosh, this is like a sanctuary. I don't even want to go on my date. I'm having so much fun in here in Mm -hmm. your closet. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, isn't that funny? Because most women, it's like a place of like purgatory or hell. Like Mm -hmm. they have so much drama in their closet. You know what I mean? Like getting dressed and I've had those moments too. So that's where SOS was born. And the other thing about Building a platform where I had a coach back in LA and I actually just heard her voice in my head a few days ago when we were pitching some stuff for So Thrive. And I was like, isn't that funny? She would say, Build it and they will come. And I was starting, I didn't want to be a blogger, but I knew I needed to have internet real estate for SOS. So I had Sanctuary of Style blog and I would embed my YouTube videos. In the blog, and that's where I could actually start cathartically talking about my spiritual journey Mm -hmm. before I actually was talking about it on video. Right. It was, you know, it's like a diary. Your blog can be like a diary. So the consistency of it, and I said, okay, if I'm going to commit, and these women are, and you start getting feedback, and women were saying, oh my gosh, I can't wait to put the kids to bed. And I know your webisode for five to 10 minutes is like my girl time. I was like, oh my gosh, I know. This is more powerful. Where I was just like the the top lipsticks for fall or the next wedge <laughs> sandal for spring, like literally that's what I was talking about. Like the five best sandals for spring or whatever, or the how to wear a maxi sundress five ways. That is, and bad. that's how it started. But I was consistent, and that's consistent. the problem now. Where I think younger, you know, with with iPhones and everything. It is this. They want that instant. They want the instant likes. They want the views. Yes, and all that kind of stuff. Where we weren't that concerned with it. It was like it was so brand new. Yeah. And I remember. It? I have. I don't even count anymore because I'm not really doing SOS anymore. But maybe 23,000, It's very low for a YouTube channel. But I remember when I hit four hundred subscribers. Oh. And I was like, Oh my gosh! Oh, like yeah. four. Like. It, because it, we didn't talk about it. No, You know what I mean? Blogging had just, this was like 2010, tw- sure. 2009, you know, blogging was, no one was talking about it that much. So if you're thinking about doing like consistency mm-hmm. and if your why is deep enough and I had made this commitment to these women, I'm going to post these videos and I didn't know how much work it was going to be. Ooh. I taught myself Final Cut Pro iMovie first, then Final Cut Pro, then my husband bought the big Mac Daddy camera and lights and like, it was a full on thing and I committed to it, but I created the brand and you have loyal, you know, I don't even like to say followers, tribe, you know, these tribe tribe sisters, I created a tribe Mm -hmm. before I knew it was a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So now that grew into coaching, yeah. but I'd already built that trust factor. You know, and I think that people bypass that, or the younger kids, like, guys, trust, like, and know. Know, like, and trust mm-hmm. is very
0: important, and you have to hang in there, and, and it's a long game. It is a long game, yeah. and consistency is key. Paul and I, when I started this in January 2018, you see, you have to be at consistency. Mm-hmm. Sit, and of course, COVID hit us, but we're like, every Tuesday, we're mm-hmm. going to have a podcast, mm-hmm. right? you know, and it's just a, being consistent and being, having a passion for it, and uh, people ask me— um, all the time. My husband sold his company in 2019 and he's 12 years older than I am and he was like, I'm done. I want to get my black belt and jujitsu and enjoy my life. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm tired of managing people. And so everyone's like, you're gonna retire too. I wasn't finished, Tiffany. Mm -hmm. I'm not and I'm to this minute, I get energized because I have so many things I want to do. I'm not finished, y'all. No. And that
1: that is exactly what I tell when, when they come to me and they're like, my kids are in middle school, they don't need me anymore or different seasons, right? You're in a new season, which gives, makes me excited because I feel like at 50, I'm just getting started. Mm. So to meet you, you're not that much older than me, but like that you have committed to this and you're on this journey. And then I meet women, like uh, the woman that I was telling you about that's in, in my mastermind, that's 55 Newly divorced, bought her first house, oh. totally restarting her life and and building up so her social media to, to help people. New and chapter. I'm like, it's a new it, yeah. So and the beauty of maturity is all the things that we learned in all those different seasons we can use in this season. Right and I'm just getting started. And I always tell women, I'm like, when you lose the fire, mm. and you don't stay lit up. And I'm like, when they're like, well, I don't know my purpose, and I don't. I don't no know. stop. And that. I'm like. Do what brings you joy and get back to the things that light you up, and then start from that resonance. Because if you're like, I don't know what to do, and I need to make money, <laughs> that's in this low vibration. Yeah. And when you like stop and go do the things, I'm all about kitchen dance parties, mm-hmm. like do silly things, right? right? And then when you talked about the word energized, when you can do something where I have to pee all the time. That's one thing with like this journey. I feel like I have to pee all the time. <laughs> like my bladder's getting smaller and smaller. And drinking
0: more water. And I'm always <laughs> hungry.
1: Yes. And I have short attention span. But when I'm in flow and doing something that energizes me and I'm passionate mm-hmm. about, I don't need to do all those. And probably after this, I'll be like, I need to go pee. Of course. And I'm going to be starving. You went to pee right before. We're yes. going to do it again, right? Yes. But when I'm in it and I'm in flow... I am so present. And that's the other thing. People aren't present anymore. They're anxious because they're thinking about the future and they get an anxiety or they're depressed because they're thinking about the past. Being very present,
0: doing what lights you up is the starting point. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, what a gift you have. Yeah. I mean, you have your, your television, your modeling, but then you're coaching. You're coaching these people, these women mm-hmm. and men. Is it? No, just women. Just women. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what a gift because... Ladies, I'm just telling you, the way I behaved in my 20s and in my 30s, and then I hit 40s and I started thinking about my, like I was, I really, really started thinking, wow, what did I do? And I've had therapists on the show They said, stop saying your failures, but they are my failures and I learned from my failures. But let me ask you a question. When did you fall in love with yourself? Oh, it's, it's
1: a daily journey. It's a daily practice. It is, it's not like you just wake up. So I am all about, in fact, I was teaching this in my private Facebook group, self-actualization. And a lot of women in the group, they're mid-40s, early 50s, they're like, I've never even heard that term. And I said, well, I'm going to talk about it. And I've been calling it the true you. When the you, tree. yeah, the true you and the the authentic essence of who you are and and how God made you and and taking off all of these labels and hats and masks, mm-hmm. the true you. And when you can sit and and look at yourself and spend time with yourself, I like my own company.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, my stomach just rumbled. Is <laughs> are funny? now. I'm hungry. You get hungry and you pee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I can remember, I always tell women, whatever, it's not about religion. I say God, but when I started seeing myself as God saw me and started from that place of walk in the power of how God sees you. And some of my clients have been like, (gasps) you know, because we try to walk in the power of Mm -hmm. trying to look like someone else or our spouse or walk in the power of like, how does he see me? Cause I need that husband. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that, that has been a journey, but I can say when I hit 40, my early forties, it was where I truly started to feel that self-actualization, which means you, and there's eight areas of our life in the, in the journey. I think it's Maslow's hierarchy. Mm -hmm. So self-actualization is reaching the full potential in those areas, you know, so some women in in my group right now, some women are rocking out, you know, they've got their weight down. Mm -hmm. One of my, um, women had Hashimoto's and she had gained a lot of weight. Now she's super healthy, but she's lagging maybe in her spiritual life Mm -hmm. or in her romantic, she's newly divorced. So maybe her romantic relationships. So she's, so start from that, starting point, Mm -hmm. you know, and it starts to create the momentum and stacks. When you get to that place where you're like, you know what? I don't need your approval. Mm -hmm. I don't need you to like me.
0: That's right.
1: I don't need, you know, where I wanted everyone else. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, do I like me? Yeah. And then it goes, the more you start nurturing that, it's like, yeah, I can say now at 50, I am falling madly in love with myself. Ah. And it's a journey. You heard it
0: here, people. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think, uh, Tiffany, I don't know if it, it's the confidence that I finally had to do this mm-hmm. where I am. I have branded people. I am a hard worker my entire life. Um, When I finally made this decision to do this, and it's scary. I mean, let me tell you, I like myself. I'm pretty darn cool. I mean, I really mm-hmm. am a cool kid. I, I'm cool. Yeah, you are. But, um... Some days I don't like myself, mm-hmm. but I really do love myself because I. And that, know.
1: that's different. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. I love my husband, but some like he Ooh, gets on my damn nerves. geez you know Greg. what I mean? <laughs> or like moms say it all the time. It's like your kids go through different yes. seasons, or even my mom. I remember I hit thirteen, and all of a sudden I thought she was like, like yes. an alien. I was oh. like, get away from me! I didn't even want to be near my mother. Oh. Just all of a sudden, right with hormones and different things, so you can love that person, but you're not, might not like them in the moment, Correct, you know, right. and there's, stu- so I'm a work in progress and oh, I will be 100% you know, forever. I want to keep growing. And I think that's the beauty of falling in love with yourself is when you said earlier about failure, even Oprah says that she's like, failure, failure is stepping stones to your greatness. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be, you wouldn't be here without the failure and the failure oh. is the launching pad. It's like, that's why I said earlier with a rock bottom moment, I'm grateful for it. It's like that. Y- <laughs> there's no, there's, a, you got a fresh slate. Oh yeah. you I didn't die. No. And I have a fresh slate. And so I think those failure moments are, are beautiful moments because you can say, okay, well, it's just redirecting me.
0: That's, that was the wrong way. So let me redirect. Tiffany, I tell you, I just look at my failures and, I I relish and I am in love with the success I've had. Mm-hmm. The failures, I just go, "Damn, I don't want <laughs> <laughs> that hurts so bad. I really don't want to do exactly. that Exactly. And the, the lessons that, that's
1: why it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. If you're not learning lessons, if you're not growing mm-hmm. and failing,
0: heavens. You know what I mean? You're dying. I know. You know, and I do want to say this because I have a feeling people are going to say something. So, you know, I do like myself, but for example, this past weekend I was such a bitch. I mean, I was just mm-hmm. like, it's I don't know what 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 which one was off or I mean, it might have been 911, you know. I just no a
1: Saturday I was weepy and we feel the yes. collective energy. I felt it too because I had had such a week and yeah. it, it was great. I launched the mastermind and I had overcome and wow. you know blessed and released my imposter syndrome. And by Saturday I was like, I'm gonna have just a beautiful day. And mm. I was weepy, weepy and a little bit Mm. Yes. And by the end of Saturday, I realized that I was like, it's the collective energy we're feeling
0: yeah, from the world. Yeah. And I think, and you have to give yourself grace. You do have to get to, and I, and I took a pause. I did take a pause, but, um, God, I'm such a bitch. I'm so sorry, but um, I didn't like myself. I mean, by yeah. Monday, I had to apologize to the whole tribe, yeah, not just my little family tribe. But you know, it's it, when I say I like, I I don't like myself. I love, I do love, but you have to give yourself grace because yes. you make mistakes and you know crying fits and the whole. Well, and the ownership.
1: And that's the beauty of it when you can say, you know what? I was a bitch. I was a bitch. I am going to say it before everybody else because y'all were all thinking thinking it. it. So I'm going to own it right now. And you know what? Yeah. You love people that do that. I mean, even on the reality shows and and the people, that's what they love. And I remember my executive producer was like, Tiff, it's about conflict resolution. (laughs) And I was bawling to him, like snot nose, like, oh, my gosh. He's like, that's what people watch. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, you're right. Even in a great drama, in a movie, we fight for the people, right? Or we, the underdogs or whatever, and they go through whatever conflict and, and we hope that there's that resolution. And that's just the human condition. Right. So if you're the first person that can say, hey, you know what? I screwed up. I'm a bitch. Yeah. I am so sorry. Moving on. Soldier on. Put my big girl panties on and let's, you know... S- you can't not love yeah. somebody like that. Lord. It's the people that act like,
0: yeah. you know. Like they're all that.
1: Yeah. And you, you know what?
0: Guess what? Y'all will happen.
1: It will happen again. It will. <laughs> and you're not human if you don't. You know what I mean? I Even know. being a joyaholic, you know, I'd use this hashtag joyaholic now because I was addicted to all the things. And now I am. I truly feel joy in every cell in my body. I feel it. And it's bliss. Joy is different than than like a baseline happy. It's yeah. different. It's. um, But there's some days where I, yeah, especially with this menopause journey. Oh, Lord, I, I get on you. my own nerves. You know what I mean? Know. I'm like, I need to, I, like, t- you know, I don't want to even be the room with myself. I know. I, know. I don't even like myself today.
0: Yeah. See, I said it. I yes. said it. Well, you have been such a pleasure. I am so finally, happy so finally to meet you. It's just been- Likewise. Fabulous. I mean, more my, than yes. my so-called fabulous. There that's for sure. I love that. I love that uh, title, too. It's great. Thank you so yeah. much. Well- We are going to certainly So Thrive. So Thrive, yes. And And it's
1: all about wellness. What you were mentioning earlier with women's wellness, and it's on a platform called mywellnessbynature.com. Okay, that's how
0: we can find Mm -hmm. that. And they are
1: all about uh, finding and interviewing people well, I'm all about women who are thriving, and I think that goes beyond survivor. Mo- you know, women kind of validate them, oh, I'm surviving, and I'm so exhausted. God did not intend us to live in survival mode. Mm-hmm. And so after actually August of 2020, that word came to me very strong, and literally the right producers and the people aligned with me. And we went to Belize. We had this beautiful trip. And after my skin cancer, we went on this healing journey. And I interviewed the Mennonites Wow. how they're thriving. And the culture in Belize, literally 75% of their, um, you know, just their resources and everything comes from the Mennonites in Belize. And then went to the Mayan ruins and just interviewing people that are thriving as well as holistic doctors that are treating wellness and cultivating wellness and not waiting till you get sick. So great. So that's what I'm all. Yes. preventative, And especially people. at this journey and this age where literally your health could, I mean, if you do not take care of yourself, oh. but I remember when I started, you just reminded me when I started sanctuary of style, I can remember talking about learning what candida was and yeast overgrowth mm. and foggy brain. And my sister and I were eating too much sugar and we had candida and I was in my, mid thirties. And I can remember saying she's five years younger than me. So she's 45. And I said, you know what we do right now is going to determine how we feel Mm -hmm. in 20 years. Isn't that the truth? And so thank goodness, even though with all the health issues and stress, I've still been mindful because most, you know, 50, it, it's true. Everyone at 45 was like, your body's going to start falling apart. And I'm like, I'm going, I'm subscribing to Suzanne Somers yeah. philosophy. Mm-hmm. My I'm body's not. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But what you do is going to determine how we feel in our 50s and 60s. Because oh, if you don't, you, you, you do start getting aches and pains and inflammation and things happen. Yeah. So I'm all about it. And so I'm excited about it. I just, I want to help people live
0: and thrive. I know. You know, and that's one reason, that's a huge reason I started this is to share my journey. And I didn't realize I was going to be so transparent. I showed you how, okay, everybody, you know, I just started wearing hearing aids about a month ago. So I took them off in front of Tiffany Hendra, And I love you for it. (laughs) I said, these are my friends, my Mm -hmm. girls. Mm -hmm. I can hear better, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's humbling, but. It is what it is, is and it's it's a new chapter Mm -hmm. of my life. Exactly. How can we find you? Obviously, Tiffany
1: Hendra, everywhere, everywhere. I I always say I'm a social media hoe. (laughs) There's no other way to put it. I love it. It's my mission field, and I tell women like yourself, it's if when you really look at it, I'm a fisher of women, like it says in the Bible, be a fisher. I'm a fisher of women, and if it's a way for me to infiltrate light and love and ways to thrive. I am all about it. And it started with my YouTube channel with that. And then of course, I mean, before that was MySpace. Do you remember MySpace? Yes, I do. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> I I look at it like that. So <laughs> I actually, made. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. And a lot of people have this love hate relationship with, yeah. with social media, but I really do. The women that I'm able to reach in our generation, we're so blessed to have social media. Mm. So everything from TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, I'm Tiffany Hendra. It's very easy. And then my website,
0: tiffanyhendra.com. Well, it is a pleasure. I hope to see you again very soon. And you have just been. Such a light in the world, and I appreciate you you so much. And everyone, please go rate and review. Subscribe to this podcast. Trying to get up in that awful world for sure. And follow me at Tiffany C. Blackman. And everyone, thrive. Oh, my goodness. Thrive. (laughs) Right. I'm telling you. And everyone, keep being fabulous.